1: Have I ever told you about the time I booby-trapped my roommate's bed my freshman year of college? The act was equal parts brilliance combined with absolutely baffling behavior. Halfway through my first year of college, I managed to convince my parents that I would get better grades if I lived on campus, that all the time I spent commuting to and from college could be better applied to my studying. And yes, I use the word studying in air quotes. To this day, I'm pretty surprised at how well I sold that line. The truth is, is that I desired what I considered to be the more authentic and traditional college experience. So come spring semester, I was moving into the dormitories, the site and location so fabled in countless cinematic universes. My room on the third floor of the Graham Greenlee dormitories, bear down, was akin in square footage to your modern walk-in closet, but it mattered not. This room symbolized freedom. Well, shared freedom anyhow, as I actually split the room with a sophomore who we're gonna call Bruce, because that was actually his name. And what can I tell you about Bruce? Looking at us side by side, we actually made quite the opposite odd couple. He was tall, awkwardly lanky, but extremely conversational. He was quite gregarious. While I was more in this modality of being this contemplative, moody introvert, which I thought was really cool at the time. His day to day wardrobe consisted of faded Wranglers and T shirts with the sleeves cut off, I assume, for ventilation. At this time, I was in my wannabe GQ phase where I only wore high quality denim paired with DKNY sweaters or Ralph Lauren turtlenecks. But for as polar opposites as we were, we actually became fairly bonded. We had a few ongoing jokes over the semester, one of which was how he would threaten to silently murder me in my sleep, which was actually far more innocent, sweet, and endearing than it sounds. He, he actually had this repeating statement, and we'll call it a catchphrase. He would say, well, James, in life you win some and you lose some. I'll go ahead and chalk this up as a loss for you. In the half year we lived together, I don't think I ever had a win chalked up for myself. Evenings were spent with me trying to convince him to ignore his engineering studies so we can play marathon sessions of Red Alert, Command and Conquer 2, or Madden 2000 on the Nintendo GameCube. Occasionally, he would get me to accompany him to the gym where he would lift weights and I would awkwardly run around the second floor track hoping not to look as ridiculous as I felt because ladies were present. And over the semester, I'm fairly sure that our room alone kept the campus Panda Express successfully in business. What were we talking about? Mm, yes. The time I booby-trapped his bed. You see, Bruce had this habit where every single night he would jump and dive face first into his pillows. It was his dramatic way of signaling, this is the end of the day. Now, after 149 nights, Of watching him do this, I was struck with what can only be described as the most brilliant and devious scheme in the panels of collegiate pranks. On our final night in the dorms, before we turned in for the evening, Bruce declared he was going to hit the showers before bed. Now, this was my chance, and I used this opportunity to take all of his thick, heavy, hardcover engineering textbooks and stuff them into his pillowcase. Like I said, absolutely baffling behavior at this time. I then crawled into my bed and could not contain my own giggling as I imagined how this would play out. I apparently giggled myself to sleep as the next thing I knew I was being jolted awake by a loud crash. And I shot up in bed to see Bruce standing over me, his chest heaving as he was breathing heavily. And at his feet, were the textbooks I had loaded into his pillowcase that I assume he threw to the floor, which was what woke me up. Feigning stupidity, I managed to eke out, what happened? And his response, to this day, I consider proof that there is a higher power. Still breathing heavily and fueled with pure rage, he replied, stupid Lolita, she booby-trapped my bed. Now, for context, Lolita was Bruce's best friend who lived in an adjacent hall and somehow was constantly in our room despite not actually having a key to our room. Nonetheless, containing a sigh of relief as much as I could, I simply said, that sucks, dude, and rolled over to hide my face. I had gotten away with it. Now, about six or seven years later, Bruce, who at the time was living and working across the country, was rolling through town and stopped over to visit. We hit up a billiards club to throw back a few pitchers together over a handful of games of pool. And after about five or six beers in, both of us were bussing up laughing over nostalgic memories. I'm not really clear why I did what I did At this moment, but at some point, I catch my breath from laughing. I asked if he remembered that time his friend Lolita booby-trapped his bed. His face grew dim, and he replied with a singular word, Yes, followed by an ellipses. He didn't say there was an ellipses following, but you can just tell there was an ellipses following the singular word, yes. And I being as inebriated as I was, was not reading these contextual clues that he was giving me, warning me to be very careful with what I said next. And I smiled and said, yeah, man, that wasn't her. That was me. I stuffed all those books in your pillowcases. And within one and a half heartbeats, Bruce cocked back his right arm and delivered a powerful blow to my stomach, knocking both the wind out of me and nearly all the beer out of my stomach. I probably deserved that. My name is James Patrick. This is the Beyond the Image podcast, and today we're going to talk about the actual role friends play in our lives. When did the image of success become so shallow and cookie cutter? It's carefree entrepreneurship, sprawling homes, and curated aesthetics all wrapped up in a simplified social media post rife with the latest buzzwords explaining how you're just one manifestation away from the life of your dreams. But building thriving businesses and positioning yourself as a leader in any industry has little to do with hitting these external validations and everything to do with cutting through the crap and getting to work. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, marketing strategist, and your host in this discussion. I've spent decades studying the mechanics of success so I could reverse engineer the process. Together, let's specifically define what success means to you and determine the steps to get you there with real strategies, exclusive interviews and game changing ideas you can implement into your life and business. It's time to go beyond the facade beyond the posture and beyond the image to create real change personally and professionally. This is the beyond the image podcast. So why do I share this moderately embarrassing story of one of my friends punching me in the stomach, albeit probably deserved it, because Bruce was a friend, and someone I would still consider a friend. And when I look at the friends that are in my life to this day, I think about the value they bring to me, and the value that I hope I provide them, and what that looks like. Now. I want to contrast that. And let me read you this post from an influencer. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That is why every quarter I evaluate myself and my friends on three key criteria. Income, fitness, influence. Anyone who scores below me is cut off. Complacency is the first step towards mediocrity. First off, that guy seems delightful. Imagine you're friends with this guy, where he views you as a tool that he gets to use, that he gets to leverage for his own benefit. Notice he says nothing about what he does for others that this entire thing is what others do for him and if they are not better than him in income fitness or influence he cuts them out of his life and notice that nothing about this post said anything about love kinship support now let me play this clip from another shitty influencer at everybody who's in your life as a matter of fact i would make a list of the 15 to 20 people you interact with the most and then i'd go through that list and a simple yes or no answer do they push me towards my dreams or do they stall my dreams and now here's the toughest part about making this list sometimes you're not going to like the answer you have to put next to them because it might be a best friend it might be a brother or a sister it might be an aunt, a mom, a dad, and it's tough to say, "Hey, I love this person and everybody tells me that this person is supposed to be, you know, my life except they do things that kind of slow down my dreams." So, yeah, another delightful human being. Now, advice like this may sound really good when it's spewing out of someone's mouth, but let's really examine this. When you tell someone that they need to audit the people in their lives, and you are someone that these people look up to and they see you as more successful than them, by default, they're going to assume that their connections, the people closest to them, are not as good as your connections or the people closest to you. And that right there could be the reason that they are lacking the success that you yourself have created. It's this false belief that their inner circle, their closest friends are the reason or the problem impeding their success. I'm not as successful, fulfilled, happy, whatever, as this other person. They must have a better inner circle than I do. And when you start to look at your friends in a checks and balances way, where you're auditing them as this person's recommending you begin to resent those who are close to you, who could very well be your biggest supporters. Because why? They're not also killing themselves to be an entrepreneur like you are, because they don't make as much money as you, because they're not as in shape as you, because they don't have as much shitty social influence as you. What a truly fucked up metric on how to evaluate people. And by the way, I've sat in rooms with a lot of these successful individuals who so many look up to and follow and subscribe to their advice. And I've up-leveled with my own inner circle to try to be around the quote-unquote best. And what I learned is that I was surrounded by some of the most self-centered, egotistical, and even dubious humans I've ever met. Individuals who will throw themselves under the bus, stab each other in the back, and do anything that benefits only themselves and no one else. I mean, they're telling you they're doing this by saying that you have to earn their friendship, and they never tell you what they do for the friendship, that you have to provide value to them in the friendship. And I also find this very conflicting when you're a coach to be espousing this advice, when your role is to be lifting up people and helping them to navigate situations not to get in them to dispose the people who are closest to them. This is what elitism looks like. This is training others to be elitist. This is also what solitude looks like. And more maliciously, this creates dependency. If you see those in your life as pulling you down because some asshat told you to audit your friends because you're not as successful as them. You may cut out a lot of people in your life, and then you feel that the only people you have are those shitheads that gave you that advice, and you need to invest money in them now. You don't need influencers like this. Now, of course, this is not about keeping toxic people in your life, but it's also not about having these expectations that are unrealistic, that your friends and family are responsible for your success or your lack of success. I mean, the sum of the people closest to you, well, that's my son and my son, who's one year old, and he's not that smart, and he's not that successful, so I guess I got to cut him out. Listen, if I have to have one less zero on my bank account, but I have real connections with real people and real relationships, I'm far more wealthy and far more successful than they could ever hope to be. Thank you so much for tuning in. thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again.